Hi there, my name is Eli, and you're listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast, hosted by my big bro, Nate Burdine, where he speaks about the now generation, Jesus, and everything in between. Enjoy the show, and thanks for watching. Yo, yo, welcome back, welcome back. Hey, that's my brother Eli. He helped me out with the intro to the episode. Uh, I think it'd be better with a uniform. Again, I'm getting advice from a lot of people that I know. They said, hey, you should have an intro. An intro with someone of your family. So Eli did that. He loved it. It was great. Um, It'll play to that little happy little rap beat. So I hope you enjoyed that and hope you enjoy this episode. Today, what we're going to have is we're going to have my boy Brian Allard, uh, someone I met actually being a part of the team, Unashamed team, which is like a social media presence social media influencers kind of and just getting the word out about the tour the concerts about jesus really and just sharing what's going on if that makes sense like sharing what's going on when it comes to team unashamed with that being said uh, of course you guys know in these episodes i want to i kind of want to share a topic and then i want to get into the deep deep topic with my friend so today what I want to talk about is the idea of culture. Uh, what does that mean? You hear it all the time, especially maybe in the church you hear about it. Culture, culture, culture. Um, you know, we just got to fit in with the culture. We got to be the culture. We got to do that. I'm learning that when I was, I, so I'm a leader, right? I've been in leadership and I can remember that there was a time when I was a follower. And I followed everyone I knew. I, fo- I followed everywhere I went and. I thought I thought I was the man. Like I thought I thought people wanted to follow me because I'd follow others and I thought I was following the right people. Now I'm not here to say that yo, you need to follow the right people, you know, the pe- the five people closest people next to you or like you who you're going to be. Like that's not what I'm here for. What I'm here to say is that I was a follower. So I wanted to be like culture even though God was calling me. God was calling me to be different. Okay, Nate, that's that's what everyone does. No, but the, even the bigger struggle was that as I knew that God was calling me to ministry, but the toughest part was that no one, and I literally mean, no one could tell the difference between a normal life and my life. Nate's the, Nate's the Christian dude. Nate's the believer dude. Nate's whatever, the weird guy that prays sometimes to himself. But how is he different from this guy and this guy and this guy? And I couldn't give them an answer. It, I mean, it made sense. My life wasn't different. People didn't look at me and say, man, he's different. It, it, just, it just didn't happen. So when I think about like my life being different, when I think about my, my heart being different, when I think about being different, when I think about culture, I think we have to understand we got to be different. Nate, man, you're, we, we, we talk about this all the time. Man, we share this all the time. We get it. Be different. Change culture. Don't be like the culture. No. What happens is sometimes we start with the right heart, but we end way, 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 way far in how we started. So I'm reading this book in college right now. It's called Mission Drift, and it's about people in culture who drift from their mission. And the reason they drift from their mission is because at one time they had values that were uh, believer, Christian, whatever you want to say, 
And they changed into values that were not what they started with. And man, what I want to say is I see this in so many young people. And I might even see this in some people that are older than me. What happens is we start strong. Yo, I love Jesus. He saved my life. I want to read the Bible. I want to pray. I want to blah, blah. I want to do, I want to do everything. I want to do everything. But then what happens is two, three, four years, maybe in, maybe four months in, fatigue starts setting in. And then laziness begins to start setting in. I'll keep it a buck with you. When I have, when I'm at, when I'm alert, when I'm at the top of my game, stuff is organized, stuff is clean, stuff gets done, stuff just happens. But then when I start getting into a rhythm and kind of relaxing, my my excellence goes down, my culture changes, and I don't have that level of excellence that people are like, man, Nate's killing it. People are like, Nate, what is wrong with Nate? Like, what is happening with Nate? And that's not the way. That's not the. That's that's not the way I want to live. I want to live in such a way where people go, wow, he, he he is different, right? I mean, we all do. We want to live in a way that people look at us and they say, man, he's different. But I also want to live in such a way when people say, man, he's different, but I know what it is. I don't want people to look at me and say, I don't know what it is. I want people to say, I know what it is, and it has to be Jesus. There's no way he could be that way without Jesus. So, So what's the meaning of this? Why am I talking about this? Why is this on my heart? Why do I speak about this? Well, because, man, I believe as believers, as followers of Jesus, we have to have this heart that we are going to be different than what culture wants us to be. See, I'm going to get into this conversation with Brian, and we have a lot of conversations about this, about being with the youth and uh, kind of like how do youth respond. And one thing we didn't mention is that youth, they love to be a part of something. Well, everyone loves to be a part of something. True. But when I find when I walk through a lunch table on a Friday, not through a lunch table, when I walk to a lunch table on Friday, what happens is kind of amazing. So I'll I'll walk through and I'll be wearing whatever, and a kid looks at me and goes, "Oh, oh, Nate, come over here. Can I get a flyer?" Right? So I give a flyer, and then twenty kids will swarm me. Say, "I want to fly. I want to fly. I want to fly." And the other kids, "I want to fly. I want to fly. I want to fly." And I, I'm like, "Wow." They don't even know what the program is. They just want to fly. Just, they just want a shiny neon colored flyer. I just think it's so dope. See, kids want to be a part of something. So as I say this, I say that if we want kids, if we want youth, young people to be a part of something, to be a part of our ministries, to be a part of whatever, to be part of the kingdom, whatever, we have to have a culture that's different than what they are seeing. We have to. The young people I hang out with, they have to know that, wow, Nate is different. When I give my dudes rides home, right? You know, I'll throw like six dudes in a car. My car only sits seats uh, six. Yeah, my car only seats six, maybe. Uh, and then I'll I'll fit six plus me in a car. It's happened before. Don't, don't tell anybody. See, what happens is they look at me and they say, wow, Nate looks different. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll mess with them. We'll crack some jokes. And, we'll, like, I'm not totally barbaric or not totally, like, robotic. Like, no, Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, like, that was the weirdest. That was awful. But, like, I'm not like that. What I'm what I'm saying is Jesus Jesus, is, Jesus brings life. 
Jesus actually has changed not just my actions, which a lot of young people think is Jesus wants to just change the way I act. No, Jesus has truly just changed my heart. Jesus has just simply just changed who I am. Jesus has changed who I want to be and who I believe that I'm going to be because he has changed my character and he changed the culture and he wants me to get away from unhealthy cultures and walk into this culture that hopefully one day can be very, very healthy. So I talked about this last week about how we attack each other. But again, with this, with this culture, God wants us to, God wants us to come together. But does he though? But does he? No, no. God wants us to come together. God's in the business of team. God's in the business of connecting. Well, I don't see that. I, they, 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 they had bridges in the Bible. They put up walls and they knocked them things down. <laughs> they knocked them things down. Those things were knocked down. See, God doesn't want us to have a culture of building walls. We should have a culture of making doors. What does that mean? Doors can st- no, no. Doors can open. <laughs> because a door, what, what I believe a door does is a door will protect you from what is outside of it. If you lock it, you're protected, hopefully. You have a security system. But you lock the door, you're protected. But if someone needs help, someone needs you. If someone says, hey, I want to change the culture that's out here. I want to come in. We open the door. No questions asked. Come on in. Not, but are you sure? Not, do you really know enough of the Bible? Not, hey, have you cleaned up all this sin first, dog? Right? What I've heard is you belong before you believe. Again, I'm going down a, uh, a little rabbit trail right here, but this returns back to let's let our culture be different. Because that's what you hear in church right now. We got to be the culture, man. We for the culture, man. We do this for the culture, homie. Like we say all of these things about the culture. And what I find so funny about the culture or about what we say about the culture is what are we talking about? Like for real, like I have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to the culture. Because I feel like so many churches have different representation of it. We want to, we don't want to, we don't want to be different than the culture. We want to see and be like the culture. Well, well, we want to show people the love of Jesus. Well, cool. But that doesn't mean we can't. We we have to be, you know, just like the world, homie. And I don't know. I don't know. As a as a twenty year old dude, like I, there was a time when I was just blind to everything. I would go to any church service, anything, and I'd say this is the right way. I go to a bunch of youth groups. This, this is the, this is the right way. I'd hear sermons. This is, this is the right way. I, I hear everything. I didn't know there was such thing as different types of gospels. I didn't know there was a right way to preach and a wrong way to preach. I didn't know that there was actually people who are unhealthy. I didn't, I didn't know these things. All I knew was, man, I just wanted to know Jesus. I didn't know that there could be, I didn't know that there could just be not great stuff happening. I, I, I just didn't know. You're a young person. They don't, they don't know. I know, I know we say that about young people, they just don't know. 
No, but like with culture, they may not know the culture. This is new to them. So what they see is what they're gonna expect. So give them what they ex- give them what they expect. Don't surprise a kid. Don't throw a kid off. Let a kid know the culture first time you see them. Yo, this is what we do here. This is who we are. Once you're honest with the kid, then they they can't blame you. You know what I'm saying? Once you're honest with the kid. Once they know the culture, man. That's where health happens. But yo. Again, I'm thinking, man, when I was 17, 18, 19, 16, 15. When I went to church, man, everything that was shared to me was gospel. Bam, that's good. 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 I look back, I'm like, whoa, that was weird. Ooh, that was wrong. That was gross. Like, you know, I'm just going back. But I had people who safeguarded me. People who, who who kept me on the uh as the as the as the believers would say, the straight and narrow. So that's that that's my conversation today. I want you to think about that before we get into this conversation with Brian is culture, culture, culture. Again, we want to change culture, but we want to change it in a way that's for the gospel. Be different, be different, be different. Another quote I've heard before is, young people are seeing how to live without the church. What does that mean? It's, I mean, it's just the norm now. Live without the church. Like, why would you need it? You can get influencers, you can get money, you can get YouTube, like, you can do all this stuff. Why, why would you need church? We need to show people that, whoa, no, no, no. This, this is why. This is why. This is why. This oh, this is why. Jesus wants you a part of this. We want you a part of this as a team. We want you a part of this, and that's what I believe. That's what I believe. That we need to let people join in on this mission, be a part of this mission. Be a part of this culture and not try to be like everybody else. I get social media. We do like cool social media things that other people are doing. I get that. That's not to me. That's not a big that's not a big thing. I don't that doesn't matter to me. I'm talking about our lives. I'm talking about our culture. I'm talking about who we are. Let's be different so that students can see that we're different. So students can see that we're different. Sweet. Well, hope you enjoyed that little little tidbit uh, about culture and whatnot. And again, if you have any t- tips or any stuff you want to add, like go ahead, share it. You can do voice messages on Anchor, so you can send me, and I might even throw some voice messages in. But what we're about to get into is a great interview with my friend Brian. Uh, what literally I've never met him, but one of the most genuine dudes for Christ I've ever met, like truly I've ever met. So. Again, we got to add before that, but then we're going to get into it. And guys, I'm telling you, stick around, stick around, stick around. Check out his interview. Check out the interview with Brian Allard. Again, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the... And I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the interview. (laughs) 
Yo, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm here with my guy, Brian Allard, who's the Associate Executive Director at the Toledo YMCA. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I am fantastic. Super excited to interview with you um, and get to know you, get to talk fitness, youth, and all sorts of things, faith. Um, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, dude? Well, first, I just want to say thanks for allowing me to be on here and just uh, kind of share uh, my uh, my story's been kind of crazy, but uh, I'm 30 years old. I'm the associate executive director of a small YMCA in Toledo. I've been married to a beautiful woman for uh, six years. Come on. And uh, going on seven here in July. It's been awesome. And uh, the Lord has really moved in my life. And uh, just excited to share it in any medium and platform possible. And uh, hopefully this is one of them. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm excited. So me and Brian have never met each other. Actually, I mean, we have, but not like face to face. So yeah. me and him are both a part of this social media team, conglomerate, squad, whatever you want to call it, called Team Unashamed. Um, and basically, okay. unashamed yeah, forever. unashamed forever. And basically what we get to do is we're social media reps for the 116 Reach Records brand. And it's been a blast so far. Um, but as I was looking at people to interview and ask to interview, I'm going through pages and I saw Brian's heart and I watched actually a lot, the Instagram video, uh, video you did. And that was great. And I just look at guy, look at guys like Brian and I see, I want to learn from guys that are doing it like Brian and oh, wow. guys that are doing it well, like Brian. So if you don't know, I use these selfishly to learn from the people that I'm interviewing. Hey, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's what I do. I've learned from you. <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Sweet. Well, let's get in. Let's just get into these questions right away. And we'll start with this first one. I ask this question to everybody because I think it's so important to know to a start and for someone to get to know you. So huge question, but what is your why? Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you do what you do? So it's funny that you ask a guy from the why what his why is, but... <laughs> um, you know, so the reason why I get up in the morning is I am 110% sure in my everyday life that the breath I have in my lungs is the same breath God breathed into Adam. And I have an opportunity to return that back to the Father to kind of share with others. And, you know, I'll do it through every medium, every platform, every career path he may have. Hmm. And uh, my wife calls me a, a jack of all trades and a master of some things. And so... Um, <laughs> When it comes to that process, you know, it allows me to use several different avenues, whether that be hip hop or poetry or yeah. exercise or discipleship and mentorship. You know, it allows me to really just be versatile. And when it comes to sporting things, I know most sports and can play most sports. So interacting with youth and doing sport athletic things with them has always been kind of my niche as well. Mm -hmm. um, so my why is I want people to know that there is a light inside of me that's greater than myself. And I am a shining city on a hill for that kingdom. Yeah, that's dope, man. And I think to speak on that, I think what's huge about you is you're sharing the gospel in many different avenues. That's what I love mm -hmm. what you said, because you got to, like we were speaking before we started recording, youth ministry, you kind of got to know some things, but you got to be able to do it all. Uh, whether yes. it's, you know, preaching a sermon late or a kid needs help late at night or fitness. So like, how do you, so how do you balance these different things that you do to share the gospel or to represent people, or represent Jesus yeah. to people? So the big thing for me is uh, about three to five years ago, I was really bad with time management and I would just say 
yes to everything. And my wife and her father have taught me that, you know, when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And mm-hmm. so I fell in love with Google Calendar on my phone and um, I have all Apple products. Shout out to Apple. Hey. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> They all they all link up with my notifications, and so it's just being strategic now about what's the most effective, you know. So I have some uh, youth la- youth leaders that lift at my YMCA with me. We're really good friends, and you know, like even this Wednesday, I'm going to be going out to a, a youth ministry and preaching. Um, so wow. it's kind of cool get to represent the YMCA as their director, but as well as impact kids and. And one of the other things I didn't tell you is I built a relationship with the school at my YMCA and I get to go into their lunchrooms and just hang out with kids wow. and be uh, just somebody who supervises the lunchroom, but ask, you know, get to know kids, ask questions. And um, and especially, man, the crazy thing about students these days is everything you need to know about what they're doing is on their social media page. Yes. <laughs> you know, before I get in the lunchrooms, I can tell the first five issues I got to deal with when it comes to some of our students and... It's getting the permission of the parents to kind of have that kind of interaction. and um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where you just got to decide and be strategic. It takes a lot of prayer. Um, I mean, as someone else who's done youth ministry, you know that in the early days, you just want, you want to, you want to get the message out. So you, yeah. you do everything. And as I've, uh, as I've grown and matured, it's, it's just realizing that there are some things I can pass to somebody else that fellowships with me mm-hmm. and they can hit that and I'll go do the things that I think strategically work for us. Yeah. And Brian, I love what you said about lunches and kind of being where kids are at because yes. what we find in youth ministry so many, so many times and at may, not, you know, again, not your why, but what I find at a lot of these parachurch organizations or fitness organizations that like are kind of have the gospel within them. What happens is they would just expect them to come to our thing. And they say, we say, yeah. come, just come. But yeah. a kid's life is changed when we go to them, right? Jesus went to people, walked mm-hmm. around and was like, yo, I'm healing. I'm talking, I'm praying. And I think that's key that you're saying I'm at lunches. Cause kids get to see you. Your face is seen. Oh, yeah. Kids know you. Um, so I don't know. Like, how are lunches for add, you? Go ahead. Let me add something to that too. I think that it's interesting that we in America have thought that the Jesus said, come and make disciples in our churches. When he <laughs> actually said, go. Um, you deep. know, it's been crazy to me is that as I work with some of these youth leaders in my city, um, they're becoming more receptive to the idea that, um, as the Young Life always says, you got to earn the right to be heard. Yes. You know, n- no one cares what you know until they know that you care. And so... What you got to do is you got to get where they're at. You know, Jesus got so confused that the Pharisees were so confused with him because he's hanging out with the prostitutes and tax collectors yeah. more than he's hanging out with the pharisaical group. And so my hope is that as I engage with these students, it's always a little strange at first, you know, seeing an adult in a lunchroom interacting and, yeah. you know, playing jokes. And, you know, one of my favorite things to do to get to know students is go to a lunch table and kind of get to know a few kids' names and then just say, hey, what, what table in this space would be the most uncomfortable if I just showed up and said hello? And yeah. so they are all standing up, looking around the lunch room, sending me to a table. And I say, okay, so Josh is your name. Okay, Josh, I'm going to tell that table you sent me. And now they're all watching to see what I'm doing. By day two in the lunch rooms, you know, they are already plotting and scheming. Oh, who would it be fun to send him to? Hmm. Um, you know, so it gets me opportunities. And uh, I'll share one testimony. Uh, last year, I was at the lunch rooms at the junior high, and this young boy was just, we were joking. We were, we were talking about this. Uh, comedian that was on Comedy Central and we both knew a lot of their jokes and 
uh, him and I were just going back and forth. And this is my first time meeting him, and his name is Seth. And Seth was uh, really going back and forth with me, really just we were vibing on these jokes. And I had to hop to another lunch table. We did that for about 10, 15 minutes. And mm -hmm. Seth walked up to me at the end of lunch, and he just said, Hey, man, I want to let you know um, today was my first day meeting you, but um, I had to put my dog down yesterday, and I've been having a really rough day. Mm -hmm. And I just want to let you know that's the first time I've laughed that long uh, since he passed. So I just want to say thank you. Wow. And uh, for me, it was just like, you know, every time I see that kid now, it's like him and I are like, like brothers, you know, big yeah. hugs, asking how each other are. He's always asking how I'm doing. Um, you know, right now he's only like a freshman in high school. So I, yeah, I got mad love for him. Yeah. Discipleship, bro. Discipleship. Yes, sir. And when we're, when we're there for kids, kids want to share their stories. Cause you, I mean, you didn't ask about that. You weren't saying, Hey, what's going on? You guys are just cracking jokes. But kids, I learned this from a pastor, one of my pastor friends named Antonio. He said, kid, a lot of us, we think we need to earn trust from kids. And that's true. But we think we need to do it by doing things. But all we have to do is kids spell trust, youth spell trust, T-I-M-E. We just got to give them our oh, time. Yeah. We just got to give them the place. Because the world is telling them, hey, you're too quiet. Wait till later. You can't talk now. Wait till later. But if we as young, youth leaders, as young leaders, would say, no, 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 speak up. We want to hear you. We yeah. want to hear you. We want to be there for you. And Brian, I love that testimony. Yeah. Love that testimony. Sweet. Well, and I think that leads well to the next question because now we know, like, why does Brian do what Brian does? So you, if you go to your Instagram, dude, it's all fit. It's a lot of fitness. You're you're leading oh, with yeah. high schoolers. You're obviously work at the YMCA, so that's a lot of fitness. And I even learned some fitness stuff before we even started recording. <laughs> but how do you mend fitness, the fitness world and faith, and use them together? So yeah, my organization, I started out as their teen director at the YMCA, mm -hmm. and I was having a difficult time trying to find ways to get youth to engage with me more than once a week. And... uh I then had to be, you know, in order to get a promotion at my job, I uh, took on the fitness center at our YMCA on the west side of town mm -hmm. and just began to realize very quickly that my engagements with youth, if I could get them into the fitness center and I could show them some things that they could grow on, um, that they'd be more likely to ask me questions in other areas of life. And, you know, that just builds that trust and that fellowship. And so for me, um, what I tend to do is build a relationship with a student on their on their terms. And a lot of students, especially when it comes to their own lives, you know, they're all pretty much an inch deep and a mile wide, you know, yeah. they, uh, they always want to keep you on the surface. So fitness allows me to stay on the surface as long as I need to. It allows them to kind of be comfortable with me, help them with their weights, show them that, you know, there's a, there's a step-by-step -step process to, to gaining weight, a step-by-step -step process to strength or losing mm -hmm. weight or... And as you see those measurables move, those kids tend to start asking you other immeasurable things in your life. Um, you know, like how long have I and my wife been together? And as I've been more vulnerable and as I've been more um, authentic with them, uh, the more authentic they become with me. Yeah. And it, it allows me to be like, well, I'm at a YMCA and I'm here to empower the C in the YMCA. And, uh, you know, so... One of the things I like to do is chat with people about faith. And so some of these students will ask me, you know, do I go to church? How often I go to church? What's my background? Do I, would I think anything less of them if they don't attend? And those questions are just also, and for me, it's just, it's like candy from heaven because I know that the door is opened. Yeah. Um, 
You know, so sometimes when, when they're going through struggles at that point, I'll just say, you know what, I'll pray for you or can I pray for you right now? Or, um, you know, it, you know, do you read your Bible? Do you want a Bible verse that you can reflect on when you go home? And um, so real, real talk real quick. So I had a group of six kids that were lifting with me every day after school during the summertime and uh, not after school at that point because there's no yeah. school, but uh, <laughs> they came over to the Y and three of them that were there one day, they, not all of them could make it. And the three of them asked me, you know, tell me your story. They want to know about who make, who, you know, they asked that question you asked, what makes you, you. Yeah. And, uh, so I told them my story, told them how the Lord walked into my life and, and, uh, told my wife when I got home, I was like super excited. I got to share a little mini testimony, but it was just a glimpse. I didn't want to give them it all because sometimes you give them it all and it overwhelms them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, the very next day, all six of them are there, and uh, in the middle of the workout, in the workout room, uh, one of the boys who was there earlier was like, hey, Brian, you need to tell them the story you told us yesterday, because it's not fair that they didn't get to hear what we got to hear. Hmm. And so I said, okay, sure, um, I'll tell them whatever you know, part of the story you want me to tell them. And so um, you know, they're like, well, since we're all here, go back a little farther. We want to hear a little bit more. So as hmm. we lifted weights and as I was helping them with stuff, I just kept sharing my story and... Um, one of the kids afterwards said, man, you need to meet my brother. He could really use a person like you. And, um, so I, yeah, I still just chat with them all the time. ask them how they're doing. The football's really starting to take over their lifting. So I don't see him after school, but I can go over to the weight room over there and see him there. Yeah. Wow. So you're truly, I mean, you're truly running a ministry out of, out of what you love and, and what you do. Well, don't tell anybody because I don't want them to all get ruined. But yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. No, of course. No, I mean seriously, tell everybody because the fact yeah. of the matter is, is God gave each one of us a gift. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's very similar to the story of where He gives three servants one one uh, one piece of one talent, two talents, and five talents. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realize that I'm I may be a man that has five talents. So my job in that story is to go out and invest my talents in a way that it brings interest back to him. And then there's the one man in the story that use that doesn't use his talents. He dare he digs a hole and puts his talent yeah. in the ground and returns that single talent to the master. And the master says, "You evil, wicked slave! Mm-hmm. You didn't even t- put the money in the bank and let me get interest. Meaning you didn't even use your talent." And God says, "I'm going to take the one from him and give it to the one who did five. Hmm. So I'm at a place where I'm trying to work with the Lord on is if I got five or if I have two. I also want to be available to the to taking on some stuff maybe um, that somebody else isn't using, and I'll use it for your kingdom if that's what you ask of me. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And in, in, in a ministry, we just got we got to listen to the Lord first. I'm actually reading this book called Mission Drift. I don't know if you've read it, nice. but it's Mm-mm. it is amazing. It's basically it's talking about organizations that have a heart for God and they lead. Oh, they, you know, they get away from that. So some of those, hmm. some of those people that they were talking about was Harvard, because Harvard was once a Christian university. Didn't know oh, that. Very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Christian, and they stepped away. Um, there was the Christian Child Fund, I think. That is not Christian anymore. Princeton was Christian. Basically, all these like huge like intellectual schools were Christian schools, but no one would give to them because of their faith. So they backpedaled on that. But when you get your degree from Harvard, it still says um, for Jesus Christ in the glory of God or something like that. Again, I don't go to Harvard, so I don't know. But 
as they were talking and they actually mentioned the why as an organization that once drifted from their mission but is getting back is fighting to get back yes. to their mission um which i which i agree with i'm actually just about to start working there for late night uh in our area at the y so i'm excited for that that's awesome you a huge asset thanks to that dude team. yeah i'm excited but i say all of that to say what they said is is if we don't have if we're not like in our vision like stout in our vision like our vision can't change like our vision needs to mm-hmm. stay set now the ways we do it can always differ and always change Mm-hmm. So my like my guy, the guys I'm with, they are not fit guys, which is funny because like I love sports, I love working out, I love all of those things, but none of my guys do. They love mm-hmm. anime and video games. So you know what yeah. I do? I hop over, we'll play some video games, play some anime, and then we'll talk about Jesus. And they're yeah. like, so it's just like meeting kids where they're at, and exactly. knowing that I still have the mission to share Jesus, but it just looks different, mm-hmm. and. That's what I love. That's what I love about that story is because again, kids saw your face. Kids said, "There's something different about him. I oh, want to yeah. hear about it." So how how did how did those guys react? Besides that one guy, were, did you have any guys that were maybe overwhelmed or any guys that were just shocked by what you were saying? No, I don't think so. I think that they've well, I've worked with them for long enough to understand that. You know, I got I've got ten tattoos and they're all Christian tattoos. I mm-hmm. think they all understand like that's just who Brian is, you yeah. know. And I think they respect it. You know, in the community I work in right now, um, it's the uh, it's the community that kind of supports that lifestyle and that thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't practice it, they understand it. So for me, it's like I know the environment I'm in, and so I'm not as quite a, afraid to share those kind of thoughts and those things. But I do it in a way of when I share those things, you know, I just kind of ask the next question, which just to them is like, so whenever y'all want to tell me your stories, you let me know. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm getting to know their stories without them telling me. And uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, I think we've built enough respect for each other, you know, and I also set simple ground rules, you know, beforehand when we work out too, you know, um, those kids aren't allowed to you know, use their phones when they're with me because mm-hmm. otherwise we would never get stuff done in the weight room. Yeah. You know, so because of those kind of little rules, they want to know if there's any other little rules, you know, in my life, you know, uh-huh. like they were, they're surprised I haven't had a drop of alcohol in 10 years. So, wow. um, you know, so those things are, are just little, little cool things. That's amazing. And and that's huge too, is setting those, setting those ground rules to know, Hey, we're, we live different. And that mm-hmm. mission book is saying, it's okay to rest and we live different. We are different and we're not going to change because the world wants us to, it's the easy thing to do, but we're going to do what Jesus has called us to do mm-hmm. and and do the work he's called us to do. Well, Brian, I, man, I love that again, using fitness, using what you love and for people listening, like use what you love to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's really dumb, but like use what you love to share Share the gospel. If it's rap music, if it's country music, I don't like country music, but whatever it is, like if it's swimming, use what you do to share. It'll be it'll be easier that way because you're doing it out of passion instead of out of I have to. The other thing I'll say too about that is if you use your gift that God gave you, which he'll never take back from you, but if you use your gift for your own selfishness or for your own desires or your own platform, it's 
it's a hollow path. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't satisfy for long. Yeah. You know, where I know that I'm in my fitness area, that my body is God's temple and I'm just going to make his temple look as good as he wants it to. And, you know, my body's on loan right now while I'm on this earth. So when yeah. I get to heaven, I want to return that body back, you know, better than I received it. So mm-hmm. that's deep. <laughs> my body's on loan. I'm using that in a message. Yeah, I'm using that for, for a sermon. <laughs> Well, it's the truth. Yeah, it is. So, with that, I so actually, we're going to break away a little bit. You said that you used to be a young life, a young lifer. Yes. Um, a young life leader, and I'd love to share because I think this is actually a good ministry not tactic, but like, how did you, how did you support Young Life? And when you led Young Life, how were you supported? And where did you do it? And like, what was, what were some highs from that ministry that you did within Young Life? Yeah, I started working with Young Life with one of their regional directors at a high school. And my YMCA was connected to that high school. And my philosophy when it comes to parachurch organizations is that there's just too many of them. Um, and we always fight for the same crowd. And so I just approached them and said, Hey, I, I understand that you're in a rebuild phase and I understand that we are going after the same students. So how about I just work for you and you work for me. I'll employ you in my teen center once a week and, uh, you can be, uh, and I can be with you once a week for young life. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do is we'll just confuse everybody with who's who. So that way the message moves forward. I'll wear the young life hat when I'm at young life and you can wear the YMCA hat when you're at the Y. Yeah. And uh, some of the biggest highs for us is we um, we were working at a very urban um, school. Um, it was 50% Caucasian, 40% African American, and 10% Hispanic. Wow. And uh, we had this Young Life tr- retreat uh, at Kalahari in Sandusky, Ohio. And um, we are actually able to take about 30 students there. Um, and... A good majority of them had what I would like to call a profession of faith. They they declared before their peers that they wanted to follow Jesus, you know. And I always phrase it that way because you'll know the fruit of its tree, you know. So just because you say it out loud doesn't mean you actually you know gave your life to Him. But yeah, um, we were really excited to see a good majority of the kids we took, you know, said they wanted to and had a desire to um, to give their life to the Lord, and we actually grew that volunteer staff up to five leaders including myself and then the one full-time staff at young life so we had six mm-hmm. leaders in that school uh, we were going in the lunchrooms every day we were going to the football games and the basketball games and uh we i was actually the the chaplain of the football team during that time as well so it was a lot of fun awesome and you you you, you hit on something that i think is crucial there's there's so many parachurch organizations And we're fighting for the same thing is we want adolescent teens to know the love of Jesus and to live out the love of Jesus. Um, Because like you said, it's one thing to know, but to live out is is completely different. Yeah. So how and I again, I'm asking this one on the fly, but like how do we as if there's so many organizations and we're fighting after the same thing? I love what you did. You said, why don't we just join hands together? Mm-hmm. Because what I find is unless it's it's less of joining hands and more of okay well that you know that little section I live in Lakewood Washington so that little section of Washington is yours and then we'll do this little section don't come into our section because this is this is our thing 
this is our ministry, this is, you know, whatever we say, and we start placing, we literally start, like, it's like a gang, like, yep. what gang are you on, homie, you're in Young Life mm-hmm. gang, or your church gang, or, oh, yeah. like, what are you a part of, and kids feel bad when they go to their Young Life gang, and then they have to go back to their church gang, and they're like, sorry, like, it's just... Yep. It's more competition. I spoke, I spoke about this last week. It's more competition than it is we're a family. And I guess yeah. maybe speak into that. Like It seemed like you guys came together and said, we got to come together instead of fight against. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, it's one of those things of I, I felt as though we needed to focus on what we're here for. Mm-hmm. You know, We needed to focus on the things that we agree on rather than the things we disagree on. And... When we decided that, you know, there was a staggering statistic that I heard in our city, and I think it goes for the nation, is that if you put 100 kids in a line, only four of them will say that they love Jesus and mean it. Yeah. That means 96% of kids in our culture will grow up out of a relationship with the Lord. And when I sat down with my brother in Christ at that Young Life, I said, that's a staggering statistic that I feel led to change in our city. And he said, well, I feel led to change that too. And I said, well, the easiest way to do that is to make sure that there's no there's there's no distinction between the two of us. You know, if 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 we if the YMCA goes into the school and does something, there's another Bible study in here doing something else, and then there's the you know Young Life doing something else, and FCA doing something else. All we're showing these kids is that we're just showing them that we just like to do our own thing, and we're really about the same thing. So why don't we go about it the same way? At least the hope of it would be is that if there's four different meetings, that the kids would think that we are just trying to offer more opportunities to do the same thing. Yeah. Rather than, oh, Young Life, no, we don't, we, you Young Lifers can't go to FCA, you, you, you FCAers can't go to the Y. You know, we wanted to shift that thought process and mm-hmm. make it the background fabric of that community because we needed to see it in our churches, but we weren't seeing it in our churches. Um, I find it interesting at times that some people get a glimpse of power and whether that's in the church, or whether that's in organizations and they will run with it for their own gain without meaning to. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to do in this area and I wasn't perfect at by any means is give everybody the same power because we have the same power inside us. Yes. And so if we can facilitate that in a meeting with students and they can understand that Brian at the Y is so linked with Sean at Young Life. Man, I want to be a part of that. Those two dudes should never be getting along. At my other school, they didn't get along, but they mm-hmm. get along over here. So well, what makes you two get along kind of question. Yeah. And, sh- and then you can share more into the share more into the heart of it. It's, well, yeah, they'll know, they'll know yeah. we are Christians by our love for one another. Yep. Love, them na- love, the- love those neighbors. That's mm-hmm. awesome, dude. Well, yeah, I just thought that was thought that was key to to speak on because you're literally maybe the second or third guy I've talked to that's been a part of parachurch parachurch organizations and has actually teamed together with mm-hmm. the local organization instead of saying you're taking our kids, which yeah. to me is the worst statement you can say in youth ministry because I just don't get they're it. Not our kids. Yeah. <laughs> We, They're his kids. Yeah, God's given us the the opportunity to speak to them, and you know me like when I'm with my help when I'm with my middle school team, my young life team. Like I look at them as, as you know, as my kids. But I say, man, if they're going to church, if they're going to whatever they're doing to get to know Jesus, I'm okay with. It doesn't have it doesn't have to be my thing. 
as long as they're learning about Jesus in the right way from the right people, then I'm cool with that. But so often we're like, it has to be me. It has to be me. And that's when we get that glimpse of power, like you said, dude. Mm-hmm. Deep, bro. Well, let's let, let's wrap this thing up, man. So yeah. I think you, as I look at your life and your social media, which is, again, hard to tell somebody, I see discipleship is a big thing for your mission and who you are. So yeah. if you could explain how you disciple, discipleship, and evangelize, um, and how, you know, how do you do so? So basically, mm-hmm. what's your ways, and we kind of spoke about it a little bit, but your ways of discipling and evangelizing teens. Yeah. Well, for me, I think that uh, those words are overly emphasized in the church and are almost used as little rock star words. Um, and one thing you got to realize in the kingdom is there's no rock stars in the kingdom of God. Hmm. And so for me, when it comes to evangelization and discipleship, I break that down into uh, one word. And for me, it's it's uh, mentorship. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say it that way is because that's be the most modern form of what we would call discipleship. If I were to tell a student like, hey, look, I want to disciple you, he'd be really hesitant. But what I've been trying to do with students is letting them know like, look, when I was a young kid, I'm from a single parent household and I know what it's like to not have a positive male figure in my life outside of my family. And uh, I would like to be that voice I wish I had in your in your life if you'd want that, mm-hmm. you know. And so as I tell kids, you know, as they hang around me, you know, I let them know, you know, whether you're 16 or you're 60, I'm still going to be here. Yeah. You know, and so you... All you got to do is let me know what you want. One of my ways that I formalize uh, discipleship with students is um, sometimes I'll, I'll go out with a group of them for breakfast before school if that's what they want to do. Or if you want to lift with me in the weight room and you want to talk fellowship or talk scripture or talk life, you know, generally speaking for me, I don't explicitly state to students that we're in a mentorship process. Yeah. You know, I mostly will just ask kids key questions. You know, how's life? Sometimes I ask, how's God treating you? Um, hmm. Even if they're a non-Christian, you know, they'll be honest. Well, if God is real, he's treating me like dirt. Well, tell me how so. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. And it's been a lot of fun to just kind of test the waters. And, you know, I've been doing youth ministry for almost 10 years. And I've gotten a lot better. You know, you, you learn as you go. You know, you, you know, one of the things that I'll never forget is I gave a kid a Bible my second year of ministry. And... Uh, we were meeting for three, four weeks and him and his buddy and me were all meeting for breakfast and I'd ask him to read their Bible and then we'd talk about it. And man, I bought this kid a brand new Bible. And when I gave it to him, we'd met four weeks in a row and I found out that this kid just left the Bible in the back of his car. He's never read it. He was really only coming to the to the group because I was buying him breakfast. Hmm. And uh, I pulled him aside and I said, look, man, if you're just going to take advantage of me, then I'm done. And... um I look at that kid's life now and realize like I, I literally, if I would have formatted the, the way I did ministry different, hmm. um, it could have been more impactful in his life. Yeah. Uh, if it was less about scripture study and more about, man, I just care about you. How can I help you? Um, I think one of the things that Jesus did a good job of in the gospels is, you know, sending a message to people like, you know, if the easiest way to love you is to let you make mistakes and continue to fail and just stand next to you, then that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever you want to get out of that, you just let me know and I'll, I'll do that as well. And so I think as I've grown, uh, I've realized that discipleship is, you know, giving advice when asked. Don't be a youth leader that gives advice when they don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is just listening sometimes and never speaking back. And uh, mentorship a lot of times is just asking kids, you know, why don't you tell me the top five things that are going on in your life right now? And sometimes in that process, as they dialogue, they'll just ask you those questions. You know, I think this is a high because of this, yada, yada, yada. What do you think? And then now I have a platform to then invest in them. Yeah. Invest, invest. And yeah, I, I, I can agree with that because, I mean, I can agree with your sentiment of saying discipleship and evangelism are used a little bit too much, especially, I guess I hear evangelism used less. I used to hear it a bunch, but I guess... We don't want to share Jesus anymore, but discipleship. Well, it's evangelism has because uh, the way that some churches evangelize is that you got to dress a certain way, mm-hmm. you got to have certain verses, you got to have tracks. Mm-hmm. So evangelization became a dirty term in the church a while ago. Yeah. Um, so then they try to use discipleship in place of it, and now they're starting to give that a dirty term as well. So yeah, it's um, uh, I forgot I forgot how someone said it, but it's just. If we're not, if we're not giving, and I, if we're not giving students or just people in general, if we're not giving them more than just a Bible plan and a coke and a smile, then we're not, we're truly not, like you said, mentoring. Because my mm-hmm. mentoring relationships I'm in, especially with one of my guys, is he calls me for everything. You know, like mm-hmm. everything, and it's the idea of. Hey, I'm here for more than just taking you to church on Sunday and yep. taking you to young life on Monday. But like I wanna be with you, here for you, through yep. any any experience, any hard time. And that's when I have noticed students say, Oh, he wants to lead me different than what I've seen in the church or what I've seen from my ministry or how it used to be. So, Brian, that's yeah, a good word. That's- a staggering statistic is that the average lifespan of a youth leader in the United States is one and a half years. Yep. So that means in most of these kids' lives, they may have somebody come into their life for about five to six months and invest or start to build some kind of relationship. And then they get promoted out of there and all communication ends. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've always told the people around me, not only when it comes to youth, but when it comes to people, is that... You have to be ready that when you sign up to impact somebody's life, you're signing up for a lifetime. Yes. You know, if you're going to make somebody Speak family, that. don't make it for one week. Don't make it for one year. Mm-hmm. You know, family doesn't fall apart. So one of the things that's been interesting for me, you know, I, I recently was promoted to my position from the west side of town to the south side of town. Mm-hmm. And so to keep those relationships from the west side of town, now that I'm building more relationships on the south side is it's interesting and I'm learning a lot. You know, again, I told you at the beginning of the interview that you got to have the right strategy to do this. Um, and the bigger your platform gets, the more strategy you got to have. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's it. And the statistic of, because there's so much turnover. Like I've been mm-hmm. in churches where I I left, or I you know I I I left the church and it didn't get unhealthy. But the kids that were there, which was a lot of kids, maybe ha- maybe forty, maybe eighty, ninety percent of them didn't go back. Mm-hmm. And I I look at that as one as they were they were attached to me. And my leadership, which is awesome, but also I look into it and I said, I maybe didn't help these kids know that I'm not just here for six months, seven, you know, just the school year. Mm-hmm. I, I'm here when you're 
late at night stressing or whatever is stressing or whatever struggling. And I think it's huge and being strategic and saying, not just I'm going to build relationships now and build them for a lifetime, but how can I make sure that even if I'm out of that spot, the person that comes in still feels like they can support and love and encourage the kids that may still be connected to me, which exactly. is a, which is a mouthful, but <laughs> which can be connected to me because a lot of youth leaders, the reason there's so much turnover is they can't connect with the students because they're still stuck on the they're still stuck on the last person, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, cool, Nate's great, Nate Nate's cool, the new guy Nate's great, but Brian, man, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Where's he at?" And that's yeah. where the struggle is. Yeah, the hard part about that too is a lot of youth ministers tend to get into youth ministry because they want to be their launch pad for their major ministry later. Can't have that. And so they're, it's a resume builder in a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, kids can see right through it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not as naive at that time as we think they are. Um, and once they start to feel that they're just a butt in a seat, you know, they're more likely to go to a place where they feel, you know, like they matter. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you this right now, the world does a way better job at times of making kids feel like they matter for the wrong reasons than we make them feel like they matter for the right reasons. That's good. That's so good. Let them make them feel valued. It's the truth. I mean, I, I had a pastor that I worked for one time. You know, he told me, Brian, you're giving these kids a fire hose when all they need is a drink of water. And I said, well, pastor, I feel like the world's giving them a flood and my fire hose is nothing close to what they're doing. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. so, and I I always talk to the kids at the level they want to be talked to. You know, I don't want to talk down to a sixth grader because he's a sixth grader. I'd rather yeah. talk to him at a high school level and bring him up to that maturity. Um, but yeah, I, I find it very interesting how how good the world is at making kids feel like they matter and how bad at times we as Christians are at making kids feel like they matter for the right reasons. Hmm. Wow, Brian, that, that quote you had. That is crazy. I, I I mean, I never thought about how the world can make kids feel valued by, you know, just things that aren't aren't don't even make sense to be valued by. And we have the one that values the most, Jesus. And sometimes somehow somehow we can still not have him feel valued because of our hearts. Well, we get real judgmental. You know, mm-hmm. we we know what's right and we know what's wrong. You know, and I think there's a uh, the lie of the enemy in the church is that. We are continuing to try and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I know what's right because I've read my Bible. I know what's wrong because I've read my Bible. When really the relationship God intended for us in the book of of Genesis was to just have a relationship with God and let him guide us to the things that we're doing. You know, we in our own humanity are not strong enough to officiate what's right and what's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. And once we begin to do that in our churches, we become to be Pharisees rather than be Christ. Wow. We we don't want to be them Pharisees. That's deep, no. bro. Their Messiah grew up in front of their face and they couldn't even see it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Brian, oh man, I didn't know you would come with them shots like that. That's so good. <laughs> well, Brian, I d- hope I didn't give you too much. No, dude. This is this is this is gonna be good. People people are gonna like this. I'm excited. Well, Brian, how can people? Because I'm sure um, maybe some people might want to reach out or contact mm-hmm. you. How can people follow you? And 
but your social media is, you know, how we have to do. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. So on, on most social medias, it's easy. It's just my first and last name. It's B-R-Y-A-N, Brian Allard, like a mallard duck with no M. Got, so ooh, Brian nice. Allard uh, on Facebook. That's the same way on Twitter. It's the same way on YouTube. Uh, it's the same way on SoundCloud. Um, and then on my Instagram, it's my middle initials in between it. So Brian J. Allard on Instagram. Um Snapchat's probably a similar motif. Uh, I probably won't follow anyone on Snapchat though that I don't know. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now I'm I'm working with a few uh, fitness shirt companies to kind of do their kind of influencer stuff on Instagram as well. So you'll see that there. Um, I'm always open to help people with exercises and just kind of those things too. Um, but yeah, I mean, my hope with my show, social media posts is that what you see in my social media is what you'll see in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think social media tends to be people's better version of themselves. The best version. And I want people to see the real me. You know, I, I would hate it for you to love me on Instagram and hate me in life. So <laughs> <laughs> that that's good. That's good. And I know sometimes people, that's how it would be. Well, Brian, I, I just want to thank you so much for giving us your knowledge um, of 10 years of youth ministry and just being real. And I can tell, like, as I, as I hear you, your heart, man, is so pure and so honest um, when you speak about Jesus and you speak about your ministry. So I appreciate it, dude. Well, hey, man, I'd love to interview you on this on this podcast sometime, too. Yeah. I mean, ask some really uh, some ministry-style, youth-style brainstorming questions. Yeah, I'd be down. And, and of course, fun. we can chat. Not, now I got your email, your Instagram. If I can get your number, we can just chat back and forth and um, build that relationship, bro. Well, sweet. Hey, guys, I want to thank you for listening to my boy Brian Allard and I on the Youth of the Nation podcast. And we'll see y'all next week. Thanks so much.